Well, good evening, LCM. So it is January 20th, 2021, and we are inaugurating a new sermon series tonight. This will be titled our sermon series, Dialing In in Dark Days. Tonight, specifically, we'll be dialing in your discernment. As is our custom, we're going to hop straight into the scripture. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11. Somebody say, dialing in. in. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We're not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding your affection from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Saints, tonight, there will be no barricades. Tonight, there'll be no fenced-off areas. Tonight, there's no political litmus tests before you're allowed to participate. There'll be no retaliation if we disagree. There'll be no show of armed forces to insinuate that the problem's bigger than it really is. None of you will be deplatformed or thrown off of our servers or silenced as a result of opening your hearts to us. The truth is, is that we are going to open our hearts wide to you in the way that every politician promises unity, but that we know can only come about by the Spirit of God. Amen. We are going to begin a series that highlights the ways in which our discernment has grown. Amen. We're going to open our hearts to you tonight, church. In this series, your discernment will grow as you open your hearts to us and, of course, the light of God's word. The truth is, is when we are done, news anchors and media moguls will probably not rejoice in juvenile adulation. But all heaven... I'm (laughs) verklept. But all heaven will rejoice with us and the earth will be better for it. Are you ready? No, 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 no. Are you actually ready tonight, church? Then let's go to Genesis chapter 46. When you get there, discover the 28th verse and land on it. Like they used to say Columbus did this country. Amen. So in Genesis 46, we're going to begin in the 28th verse. Now Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. Now, there's a miracle in that verse that we don't have time to cover, but I think any man that has ever asked for directions has experienced something miraculous. Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to the region, I'm sorry, to meet his father Israel. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and wept for a long time. Israel said to Joseph, now I am ready to die since I have seen for myself that you are still alive. Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and speak to Pharaoh and will say to him, my brothers and my father's household who were living in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds. They tend livestock and they have brought along their flocks and herds and everything they own. When Pharaoh calls you in, And ask, what is your occupation? You 
should answer. Your servants have tended livestock from our boyhood on, just as our fathers did. Then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. There is so much in this passage. And we're just going to skim the surface of it tonight because it's going to be reoccurring throughout our sermon series. To start with, though, let's just draw your attention back to Genesis 15. The Lord appears to Abraham, and uh, among many other things that he says, he said, your descendants are going to be enslaved and mistreated in Egypt. That was this man's grandfather. Can you imagine that it's a difficult thing to go to Egypt at all, much less to have to ask for directions how to get there? Now, more importantly to our subject tonight, think through Joseph's speech about Pharaoh. He knew Pharaoh. He says, when Pharaoh calls you in, he knew that Pharaoh would do that even though Pharaoh doesn't say he's going to. Then he knows what Pharaoh is going to do. He says it in verse 34, then you will be allowed to settle in this land. He not only knows Pharaoh, he knows what Pharaoh is going to do. You know, when you consider the larger shadow and type that is in Genesis regarding Joseph, this is much like Messiah, Jesus, who knows his father. He knows his will. He knows what he will do. He knows him. If we're going to start talking to you, about dialing in discernment. We just have to tell you, it begins with dialing in your knowledge of the Father. There's no way around that. And as I started thinking about the preciousness of knowing the Father, that's not anything anybody would disagree with. I started thinking in my own life the number of times that I've been in a situation where I didn't realize that I said the right things about the Father but that's not what was dwelling in my heart. So just a few years ago, during a time of real turmoil in this church, we lost a baby named Hadassah. And that, that was not the easiest event. As we're trying to catch our breath to get over that, we, we lost a second child, Moses Sampson. And uh, we had announced this to the whole world. I had written their names in my Bible, the dates that we... Heard the heartbeats, all of those things. You know how that muddies your discernment? You start thinking, what did I do? If it wasn't me, what did somebody in my house do? Let that sit on you for a second. Maybe your thing is not you lost babies, although many of us have. Maybe, maybe you don't know why you haven't been healed of a certain thing. And this starts to mess with your discernment. Immediately, you start looking to why. Why? Why did this happen? Why? And you're not allowed as a Christian to act like it's God's fault, so it needs to be yours or somebody else's. Am I telling the truth? Yeah. This muddying of discernment. In the middle of this time, heartbroken, I found a way to get mad at my brothers. I found a way to get mad at you. I found a way to get mad at me. I found a way to get mad at everybody. Struggling just to survive. 
turn to Deuteronomy, and I just want to quote it for you. It's the 32nd chapter in the fourth verse. He is the rock. His wet works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. You know, that verse came off the page to me. I never would have argued with any of you about it beforehand, but suddenly I couldn't see clearly. I couldn't hear clearly. My heart was filled with pain and it clouded my eyes in my ears. You know what began to dial it back in? Focusing on knowing my father, knowing what his word says, knowing what he would do, knowing what he wants. And I came to an astounding conclusion personally at that time. My father, according to the word, would not punish me without telling me that he was punishing me. Gad didn't show up at my house. Nathan didn't show up at my house. He did not in compassion have prophets come to me for centuries to warn me from the behavior. The entire thought process was diseased from the get-go. And while I thought I was mad at my friends, I thought I was mad at myself, I thought I was just mad in general, I was really accusing a righteous and holy father of something that is way outside of his character. And as I began to wrestle with that, I said, you know, knowing who you are, mighty God, is setting me free. I stopped asking him why, and I started saying, because you are just, because you are faithful. I don't care about why. I want to know what. What do you want of me next? And the dial on my discernment began to turn back in the right direction. And then I began to realize things like, how do I know the Father? Because everybody says, well, I know my God. Well, do you? Because John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How do you know your Father? you got to know the Word. What does the Word say? Is it possible that God puts to death and brings to life? Yes. Is it possible that he would kill your children and leave you as guessing to why? No. How do we know that? The word says it. How do Christians get confused about these things? Because we do not know him like we should. Revelation 19 presents him as the word of God leading the armies of heaven. God leads us into his character, his authority, by his word. Amen. I, I had gotten that wrong. In fact, could you put Proverbs 3, 5 on the screen for just a second? Yeah, we're off notes. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You want to dial in your discernment? You're going to have to know your father. You have to know what he likes in a conversation, what he's likely to ask, what he will tell you to do. And as you know your father, you begin to dial in no matter how dark the days are. Can I tell you what was one of the worst moments in my life? Did you hear what they called the land of Goshen? He said, uh, then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all the shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. 
See, Pharaoh's going to send you to this land because shepherds are detestable and Goshen's is where flocks are. Do you know Goshen is, is called the best of the land of Egypt later? See, what is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. But what is uh, highly valued in God's eyes is often detestable among men. In fact, Luke 16, 14 through 15 says that. Now, I'm telling you that because I would never sign up for another loss like that, much less two, much less an elder in the same week, much less all of the other things that were going on at that time. But do you know what I value more than anything? I now know my father better than I did. He is dialing me in. I have traveled since then and listened to other Christians speak, and I've been able to say, hey, I want you to hear something. That disease that you have not yet been healed of, that is not because you are being punished by your father. Well, how do you know? Did a prophet show up and tell you? Did the word come off of the page you? Why would you indict the character of God like that? Stand up and smile. Your father loves you. And I watch the cloudiness move away from them. They are dialing in their discernment. Come on, anybody in the house feel me here tonight? Church, do you realize that the blessing that Pastor Eric is talking about as he goes around to other churches? But let's talk about this church. Has anybody quoted Deuteronomy 32.4 in this house? Has anybody actually been comforted by those words that were given to us because the Stevens had their discernment dialed in during the most difficult and dark of days? See, this is why Philippians 3 tells us that we are supposed to take note of those who live according to the pattern. What kind of pattern are we talking about? We're talking about the pattern that is given to us in the Word. See, you like the ring of Deuteronomy 32.4 just like I do. You, you love that that speaks to you. It speaks to you because it spoke to them in dark days and it dialed in their discernment and it became a blessing for all of us here. Did it not? It moved upon our hearts that we understand that he's a rock and that his works are perfect. But it's dialing in the discernment through the word of God so that you might know the actual father and you understand and you begin to see him and dial things in a different way. It's possible to have your heart, Lord, I love you with all that I am, and be in difficult days and have your discernment be dialing out instead of dialing into what God's doing. It is his word and it is knowing the father and knowing the character, not knowing it like we think of here in the West, but knowing what his character is. I know you can't tell me something different. I already know about his character. I know about his heart. And this is not the way that my father acts. Boy, you want to talk about dialing in discernment. That's one of the powerful ways to do it. Now, make no mistake. He's not whatever you would like him to be. He... He's not whatever you feel like or imagine him to be, whether good or bad. The truth is, is you know him through the experience of the word. He exalts his word above all things. The word is perfect. The word is flawless. The word is refined seven times. Read Psalm 19. You'll find out what all the word is. But in those moments... That word becomes real to you in a new way. Dark days are a time to dial in your discernment, and it begins with knowing the Father. Amen. Hasn't this been a blessing that the reality of knowing the Father 
it comes or that results in dialing in your discernment and that this is a cornerstone that's part of our lives now at work. Let's turn to Hosea chapter 14 and we'll look at verse 9. Say dialing in when you get there. Who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them. But the rebellious stumble in them. When I'm looking at this verse, I see a reflection of myself in it in a variety of ways. I begin to look at, Lord, I long to be wise. I long to be discerning. I want to realize who you are. I want to know who you are, God. I want to dial in my discernment and understand. And this verse says explicitly, the ways of the Lord are right. But there was a, a confrontation with reality that I had to face. And that was my discernment wasn't exactly what it needed to be. That my wisdom was not on the par that was beneficial. And here's exactly why. Inadequacies. But more importantly, my self-consciousness about my inadequacies. Lord, I can't preach well. I can't speak well. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. My heart races. My kidneys squeeze. If you can actually feel your kidneys squeeze. I get sick to my stomach, begin to sweat from head to toe, and it's you know, bone-chilling cold inside of our sanctuary. What I found is that in those times when I'm trying to perform the function that God has put me in right now to preach his gospel, communicate who he is to other people. I was so focused. I am so focused on my own inadequacies. I cease to be God conscious and I am just self conscious. And the result that came out of me was horrific. I began to blame. Now, it can turn into a blame game of yourself, everyone else around you. But this one, this one was hurtful when I saw what I was doing to God. I blamed him. I began to blame him for all of my feelings of inadequacy to preach. That's, that's something that I deal with every single time I get up. And I have to turn my heart away from my own self-consciousness and be God-conscious. Amen. It has absolutely nothing to do with me or my proficiency. It has everything to do with knowing who the Father is. Amen. That's my source. When it came down to it, I wanted to just show myself to be wise and discerning. But without the hindrances of having inadequacies. Meaning this, I want to do what you call me to, God, but I want it to be easy and without obstacle or embarrassment. I want to take a step out and do something for God, but Lord, please don't let my name 
be shamed. It was an inner pride. In fact, I went to the full extent inside my heart and a couple of times out of my mouth, Lord, just let me do worship. It's what I'm good at. It's the same words every time. It's on the screen in the back. I can see it. All I got to do is play my guitar and use my passion to propel others into your presence. Let me do that. I'm good at it, God. But that's all about me. Now God has put me in a position where I stand in front of his people and I declare from this stage the truth of who he is to me. That I am an example of how every man who struggles with being able to speak can speak. Because my God called me to do this. I don't have a stuttering problem. I don't have a speaking problem. I have a self-consciousness problem. The minute that I begin to die, guess what? He comes alive inside of me. He called me to preach. But from this perspective, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Oh, he gave that to me a long time ago. I knew that I was called to propel others into his presence, but it begins with having a view, a clear front row seat view of who my father is. Anytime that my eyes are taken off of who he is, I crumble. And praise God that I do. Because at least I know what I need to do to get back to the point of being confident. There was a moment when, reading this verse earlier today, I saw that what I long for is to realize. What I long for is to understand. What I long for is to be God conscious. Because knowing who God is, is the beginning of fixing your discernment. Now, now who would have guessed that Matt would have cried before me tonight? <laughs> Come on now. Told you it was going to be a special night. <laughs> See, one of the things that I love about our pastor's testimony. You have Pastor Eric who's dialing in discernment in the darkest of difficulties. You have after Pastor Matt who was dialing in difficulties in the deepest of doubts. At least that's just these men, right? See the idea that when you have, it's in 2 Peter 1 that talks about the word of God being made more certain. How can the word of God be made more certain? It is in itself as certain as it can possibly be. What we're talking about is dialing in discernment, understanding the Father, so that his word becomes more certain to you. It impacts you in a way. I'm reminded of 1 Timothy 4 that talks about how you're supposed, right before the verses that say about watching your life and your doctrine closely, it says, be diligent in these matters, giving yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. See, we don't want people to see the need that we have for progress, but it's a godly man who can dial in his discernment and let you see the progress. This is an incredible truth about dialing in our discernment towards the Father. There's really no other way to gain discernment. Has anybody ever wanted to be more discerning? There's only one place that that starts. You have to know your father more. And what you're hearing is 
you also have to need him more or else you're simply not driven to know him more. Dialing in your discernment begins but does not end with knowing the Father. That's true on your darkest day, month, week, and it's true in the most difficult task that you've been given to do regularly. But we can dial in our discernment. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 17. Say dialing in when you get there. Way to go, Joyce. It says this. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Pastor just said it. If you want to know him more, you're going to need to come to the realization that you need him more. I got to tell you that when I first got here, the weightiness of coming to LCM, the best church that I've ever seen, the best church that I've ever been a part of, I got to tell you that the weightiness came. It wasn't yet my house, but it has become my house. I've been able to be around friends. In this case, you might know their uh, captive names of Shadrach, Meshach, and one bad Negro. See, when I came here, I had the weightiness, and I began to plead for God's mercy. I began to put it in front of my brothers and say, hey, um... I don't think I can do this thing like the way you guys do it. I don't seem to be able to hear from God the way that you guys can. There's the weightiness of being here, the weightiness of the precious lives that are sitting in front of me. I'm not sure that I have the right kind of insight for that. It feels a little overwhelming. I, I can't breathe. I can't. Is it supposed to feel this way? And we would make jokes about it, but it was a very serious thing to me. It was as urgent to me as Daniel praying about this with his brothers. Look at verse 19. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the the God of heaven. See, I really had to go through some dark times of self-doubt when I got here. I don't want to say it out loud, Lord, but I really think you got the wrong guy. I mean, I, I don't just think it. I'm pretty stinking confident of it. The truth is that some of you may feel the exact same way when you start looking at a map over to our left. Boy, you're excited that that's a vision. That's incredible. And then your next thought is, ah, how am I supposed to be able to help do that? I understand. But my discernment was off. In these dark times, I needed a revelation, and I got a revelation, but it wasn't what I thought I needed. It wasn't the area that I was asking the Lord about. Lord, show me vision. And what he did to show me vision for this house was he said, you need to know me more. You need to turn your attention and quit chasing after what I might tell you and get to know me better. It was about the nature of God and the Father that I needed to dial in on, and I thought it was everything else. I thought I had the wrong gifting. I thought I had the wrong propensities. I thought I was just wrong. And what I needed was to dial in my discernment, and that revelation came to me. Look in verse 20. 
and he said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and he changes seasons. He deposes kings and even presidents and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Think about that. He's not saying that he dwells in light. He's saying that that's where light goes to dwell. See, the revelation, what I needed to dial in my discernment was, the biggest lack that I had was I didn't understand how great our God is. I could talk about it. I could say it. I could explain it to you from my thoughts. But I did not know how great he is. I didn't know how much he loves you. I didn't know how much he loves this church to build it on the kind of foundation that it's been built upon. I didn't understand his father's heart for this house. I was so self-conscious that I wasn't God-conscious enough, and that's why I wasn't dialed in. Look at this in verse 23. I thank and praise you, God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we have asked for of you. You have made known to us the dream of, his, of, of the king. Church, I was tied up in knots until I dialed in my discernment to know the Father better. When I figured out that he really loves you, and I quit focusing on myself, that he loves his bride, you know what it did? It took every bit of pressure off of me. I was no longer afraid that I couldn't hear, or that I, truthfully, that I wouldn't hear. I don't even know if I spent a lot of time worried about that I couldn't. I just, I just, I just think that I wouldn't hear from him. And when I realized that he gives gifts, why? For the edification and the building up of the church. That he gives what we need so that this corporate body will grow and achieve what he has. When I understood his heart for me and for you, it dialed in my discernment and it took every bit of the fear away. We have to dial in. Now, as you listen to Pastor Wade say those things, uh, I want you to know that the three of us were right there praying and, uh, some years ago because it feels like forever that he got here. He's getting old. That's true. He's, Lord, I do not want the supernatural to die on my watch. That's what he's praying. Of course, Matthew and I are sitting right next to him, and we're praying and thinking we had to stop for a minute. I thought, we thought God brought you here, Wade, because it died on our watch. I'm joking. The point is every man struggles through inadequacy. Every man struggles through fear. Every person that ever tries to do anything for the Lord is going to have dark days how do you dial in during dark days how do you sharpen your discernment during dark days it starts by knowing your god Amen. no christian would argue with that but we're giving you exact i told them we can't preach this if we don't share with them examples of when we failed to do it 
can you tell that we've opened wide our hearts to you? Now, we're asking you to respond in kind. Let's go to Daniel. This would be Daniel 11. No barricades, no rubber bullets, no weasel anchors. As far as I know tonight, no transgenders. <laughs> Daniel 11, verse 32. With flattery, he will corrupt those who have violated the covenant. But the people who know their God will firmly resist him. Whatever you think about eschatology, whatever you, whether you believe this was in the past or this is in the future, I'm telling you it's very much true in everybody's present every day. The only resistance to actual satanic advancement are people who know their God. I want you to picture for a second, because you know the Stevens pretty well, that somebody pulls Judah aside and said, you know what, Judah, you're sick today because your daddy, Eric, he hates you. Do you think Judah listened to that even for a minute? You, you, you know what, Gabe? The reason, the reason that, uh, that you got blue eyes is because he's not your daddy. Would he listen to that for a minute? You've heard kids say ugly things on playgrounds like that. You might have been the kid saying it. How would they know that that was not true? They know their father. So why, pray tell, do we listen to the devil when he suggests things to you that cannot be true based on the word? There can only be one answer. Because we do not know our father to watch Christians of 40 years spirit filled in love with the Lord seriously sit in turmoil as I have been many times over. Did this bad thing happen to me because God's upset with me? Well, my father didn't tell me he was upset with me. I didn't ignore five prophecies about it. I didn't turn the page on the word to avoid reading something. Why would you think for a second? that your father is trying to punish you and make you guess at why. What father ever would do that? Why would you think your father would give you a task that you simply cannot do? Why would you ever believe that? Why would you think your father would withhold from you the one thing that everybody needs and that you've promised comes from you? Only because we don't know him. But the more we get to know him, you dial in, and the deception of the dark day leaves my mind. The deception of the dark inadequacies flee from the pastor. The deception that God will come through for others, but he will not speak to you spiritually. It goes away when you know your father. Now, all Christians, we say we know him. Is there anybody brave enough in the house to say, I want to know him better? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you dial in your discernment. And he'll put you in situations that require you to know him better. Yeah. That's why he didn't leave Matt playing worship 
it had become easy for him. That's why he, he has allowed us to endure resistance training. He knows how to build us. These are dark days, and we will dial in our discernment. It begins with knowing our Father. Let's turn to Psalm 36, and we'll start with verse 9. Say dialing in when you get there. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Now, we'll begin with this verse and looking at it from the standpoint of, I can only have right perspective of myself whenever my eyes are fixed on knowing my Father and being in the light of his presence. Outside of knowing my father, there's no other way that I can properly assess who I am. In his light, I see light. See, the minute that our eyes turn and begin to be God conscious, then we can have right perspective of who we are and what we're called to do. But Pastor Eric was right. I clung too hard to a position that caused me to walk in my own light. And now I can see the overall trajectory of what God is aiming me at. So much more that he wants to accomplish. I don't want to be a 65-year-old worship leader. That's just not really cool. I'm not going to mention the guy, you know. We're not going to talk about that guy that did the splits that was 70 leading worship in the prison. We're, that no, would just that be guy. distracting. But those of you that were there, I'm, I'm sure you thought of it immediately. Listen, it sounds so spiritual. It sounds so spiritual to say, in your light, we see light. Can, can, I, can I help you out? I mean, am I the only guy that hears something slightly poetic? And that verse means an awful lot to me, by the way. But here's something slightly po poetic, and you're like, yeah, but the thing is, is, you know, there's not a giant light above my head. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature, who through constant use of the word have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You will not know the light of the Lord and in it see light without engaging him vis-a-vis -vis his word. The more you know him because of his word, you train yourself to dial in discernment. Yeah. Every time a thought comes up, it's going through a database that the Lord's been putting in your heart, and you're rejecting thoughts that you're not supposed to have. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, it, I certainly don't want to quote movies, but maybe a dingo ate your baby. Well, it could have been a dingo, but it certainly was not my God. How could you know that? Because I know him. I know his word. I know what he does. I know who his character is. That doesn't mean that somehow or another it's not working for my benefit and God is not using it. None of those. See, to know the word and let it train you through constant use is to know him 
to be trained to know him. That's how you can say, in your light, I see light. It's also the peace that guards you from your own understanding. It's how it transcends understanding. It doesn't transcend everybody else's understanding. It transcends yours. (laughs) Okay? What is happening right now is we're getting the chance to learn, to dial in during dark days. And the way you do that is know him through his word. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 27. Somebody say dialed in when you get there. Matthew eleven, twenty-seven. It says this. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. (laughs) Now, Now, before we go on to the next verse that is very, very familiar, you need to understand what we're talking about here. The discernment of all things begins with knowing who God is and having that be revealed through His Son, through the very Word of God is how this revelation comes. See, the next verses are very familiar to us. Come to me. You who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Praise God for him being able to give us rest. But do you understand where this starts? The rest doesn't start in verse 28. The rest starts with you beginning to dial in your discernment and understanding him, knowing him. It all starts with knowing him better, reaching out finding out what the word is. It's building an intimacy with the Lord. It's dialing in your discernment through the word. Then comes the rest. Then comes the burden off of your shoulders. Then comes the yoke that's easy and the burden that's light. Then those things happen as fruit of you dialing in your discernment in the first place. Come on now, you all could quote Matthew 28 through, I know you can. I know that when we get started, you understand that, but the The groundwork for that is found in 27. We're going to read 27 again. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. (laughs) Through His Word, dialing it in. This is such an important piece for us tonight that we have here. Now, there's no deception in our Father. There's no deception in the Son. But with human beings, there, there's often deception. You, you want to know what I'm really like? Ask my sons. They, they'll tell you, <laughs> okay? Uh, every once in a while, somebody will come to Jen, and it's usually a, a new Christian. They hadn't been around me long enough to get to know. And they're a little bit uh, starry-eyed. Uh, they're surprised because we speak from a stage or something. And so one of these foolish young girls will say, what's it like being married to a pastor? She said, it's hilarious. His underwear's on the floor, his towel's hanging over the rack. You know, I mean, a son knows his father. Jesus is intimately aware of everything that the father is, and the father put it into the son's care. We know the Father through the Son. 
Now, why are, why are we going through that? The more you know the Father, you cannot be deceived about what he is like or his will is like. See, Joseph could look at a situation, go talk to his people and tell them what Pharaoh was like and what he was going to do. Do you know why? He knew him. In fact, Pharaoh looked at Joseph like a father, and the scripture says so. They were close. He knew how he would react to things. In difficulty, in inadequacy, or in feelings that maybe the Lord just won't do it again. We're going to have to dial in what we know about the Father. Does the scripture say in Luke eleven thirteen that it will give the Spirit to anyone who asks? Anybody who hungers for it? Does the scripture declare that I can do everything through Christ Jesus who strengthens me? So why do we wrestle with things that we know? Because we don't know them experientially like we should. And that's how you dial in in dark days. Can I read you a passage? We have two scriptures left. Can you dial in with us for those two scriptures? Now, when I say two scriptures... What I mean by two scriptures is we have planned two scriptures. I've already shared five or six that were unplanned. And so with two scriptures and each of us doing five or six that are unplanned, there's no telling. But we promise to open our hearts to you that you can tell this is not a polished message. There's no real script here. There's none of those things. We simply wanted you to see into us in the hopes they would cause you to look deeply into your own soul. Revelation 22 in verse 6. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. When the Lord wants us to know something, he reveals it by his word. His word is given to his servants. His word is given to prophets. Now, whether you think you're a prophet or not, you better be a servant. He shares his thoughts with his people. But you have to want to know him. You know the benefit of dark days? They cause you to want to really know what God is thinking about a subject. The blessing of what somebody else thinks is detestable is you get a chance to find out God's doing something beautiful in you through it, okay? In fact, the word declares in John 14, 26, which we're not turning to because we only have two scriptures left, that the Spirit will show you how many things? And the way that he would do that is by reminding you of what Jesus said, the word of God. It's not just there when you think of passages like Amos 3, 7. It literally says the Lord does nothing without revealing it to his servants, the prophets. So let's turn that around for a minute. Maybe you lost your job today. And you're thinking, man, did I lose my job today because I've offended God? Well, did God tell you that you offended him? Did, did a prophet show up outside? Were you reading the word and it said that when you offend God, this will happen? Why would you consider that your father would make you guess at something like that? I want to tell you from personal experience that even when you see it in the word and you declare it to a man, they usually won't hear that it's about them no matter what happens.
They can prophesy out of their own mouths. The Lord says this about me and then forget about it in three months. Why would you assume that something God didn't say was punishment is punishment? We just have to know our father better. There is a lying devil that is trying to muddy your discernment by calling into question the nature of your father. And he tricks Christians. You don't think you're calling into question the nature of your father. You're thinking you're calling into question your actions. No, I'm not saying he did anything wrong. I'm saying I must have. If he's making you guess at the fact that you did something wrong, that's not in the nature of our father. He boldly declares it. Amen? Amen. Let's all turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. What I see in this passage is reflected what we read earlier in Matthew 11. See, Jesus just doesn't show us or reveal to us who the Father is. He has enabled us to know who the Father is, just as he knows who the Father is. He is able to help us dial in our discernment with the beginning step of knowing who God is, having the ability to access spiritual realities, explaining them with spirit-taught words, getting to that level of discernment, and only through the Spirit, the very Spirit that was promised in John chapter 14, whom He would send to be your aid, your counselor, that very one that would remind you of who the Father is, remind you of what the Father has spoken to you. And from that standpoint, you are able to dial in your discernment. So why don't we all stand to our feet? As you do that, I want to quote to you a passage that we are not going to read. (laughs) But if we were to read it, it would come from John 1, 18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only who is at the Father's side has made him, has made him, I want you to understand that our church has been working through Joseph's storehouse. We started with grateful hearts so that we could hear the word. It's hard to hear the word while you got a, a less than grateful heart. And then, having heard the word, we, we worked on watering it and retaining it. Gratefulness is a part of that. You water and care for things that you are grateful for. And then, persevering in the word that we were given. Again, Gratefulness is a part of that because you want to persevere in something you're really thankful for. We told you that we knew 
that you would produce fruit because of that. Do you know what the enemy tries to do with people who are persevering and producing? He tries to get you slightly off a degree at a time by using difficulties, by using inadequacies, by the fear that for you, God might just not come through in the way he does for someone else. We're going to have to know our father. The dark days that are ahead of us are a great opportunity to dial in. And Jesus Christ makes him known. When you worship him, he teaches you what his father is like. When you read the word that is him, he teaches you what the father is like. If it did not come from the word, do not entertain it. When we begin to pray, what you're looking for are areas where your discernment has become muddied. Muddied because you got your feelings hurt. Muddied because something very difficult happened. Muddied because you just feel inadequate or unworthy. Muddied because it seems like God is maybe coming through from someone else and you believe he's a good God and they're probably good people, but for some reason it's not happening for you. And we need to get right back to who our God is and get our eyes off us and our circumstances and he will laser focus you on what his will is. Father, we're asking right here and right now that you will help us. We know that you are a good father, that everything that you do is just and is right. We know that you desire to share your kingdom with each of these people, to share your will with each of these people. By your spirit, Lord, by your word, would you come and minister to them that they would know the good that they do, that they would know and not back away from the righteous acts you have destined for them, that they would discover the path you have laid out for them. We thank you, mighty God, that no inadequacy, no dark day, no fear that you won't come through will keep us away from knowing you better. And as we know you better, your will becomes clear. Lord, we commit this time to you in the name of Jesus.